Our scripture this morning comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 11, verses 2 through 11. When John heard in prison what the Messiah was doing, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the one who is to come, or are we to wait for another? Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have good news brought to them. And blessed is anyone who takes no offense at me. As they went away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to look at? A reed shaken by the wind? What then did you go out to see? Someone dressed in soft robes? Look, those who wear soft robes are in royal palaces. What did you go out to see? A prophet. Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written, See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way before you. Truly I tell you, among those born of women, no one has arisen greater than John the Baptist. Yet the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Let us pray. Lord, we just thank you for this word. We thank you because we know that it is what you have given us for this morning. We ask that you will speak to us in our need of you the word that you have for us this morning through this word. Help us, O Lord, just to be blessed by it and to be built up for your kingdom. In Christ's name we pray, amen. You can't believe everything you hear. Just because it's on the internet, it doesn't make it true, right? How many of us have heard fake news? Stuff that wasn't true. I mean, every time you you look through your news feed and Facebook, somebody is said to have died who's still alive and kicking. Or you hear the news of some event, and it turns out it's all a hoax. It never happened. And so you just can't believe things just because somebody tells it to you or just because you see it on the internet. Sometimes people take half-truths, and they add to them, and before you know it, you have something that's completely false. You know, I had pulled my back on Wednesday, but by Friday, some people had me in the tomb. And so it can get really, the stories can really grow when they're retold and told over and over again. And rumors and gossip are another way that the truth gets distorted, right? People start a rumor, and it, before you know it, it changes and changes, and by the time it gets to you, it's no longer anywhere near the truth. John was in prison. He was there because of his ministry preparing the way for Jesus. He was there because he proclaimed the coming kingdom of God and told people to repent of their sins. And he had confronted Herod about his immoral ways. And it landed him in jail. But from jail, John was hearing stories about a man named Jesus. He was getting reports about what he was doing, what he was saying, where he was going. 
And he had been preparing the way for the one that was to come. And immediately as he's hearing these stories, he begins to wonder, is this the one that is to come? You see, John knew from the very beginning of the story that he wasn't the one. He was to point people to the one. He was more like a sign. Signs always point us to something else. They always point to some other truth that is bigger than themselves. They share information with us that we need. Signs, however, are nothing without that which they point to. Have you noticed that? If you had a sign that said the Great Canyon, and you got to that sign, you wouldn't go, I've seen the sign, I can go home now. You want to see the real thing. You want to go all the way and see the real Grand Canyon. See, the sign is not enough. The sign just gives you information that points you to something greater, something more important. And without that which they point to, signs are useless. Have you ever seen a sign that said construction and you slow down and you drive more carefully and there's no construction? Or you've seen a sign that said detour and you kept looking for the detour and there was never a detour. You see, a sign without that which it points to is useless. It doesn't hold any value or meaning. And so John the Baptist was the sign that there was a Messiah coming and that the time had come close for the kingdom of God. And so he had been going out and telling people, he's coming, he's coming, he's coming, and I am not him. But all throughout... John was not always clear of who that someone was. He had an idea in his mind of what this Messiah was going to be. He had an understanding of what the promises of Scripture held for the Messiah. Yet he did not know for sure which one it was that was the one to come. And so he had made it his ministry in the wilderness to simply tell people, get right with God. Make the path straight so, what, so that when the one is revealed, you will know him and you will be ready for him. John was the typical prophet of old. I mean, he fit the mold perfectly. If you looked up prophet of the Old Testament in the, in the encyclopedia, they could put a picture of John because he... he Dressed apart, he lived apart, you know, he was the whole package. He was in the wilderness, he had denied himself of pleasures and of, of any good things, and he just living out in the wild and proclaiming the word of God to the point that it came at a great cost to him because he ended up in jail. John heard about this. Jesus that was going around and so he gathered his disciples and said go go to him and ask him are you the one who is to come or are we to wait for another now when I thought about this question I thought that's way too direct you know are you the one or are we supposed to wait for another and I thought about when people date Imagine you go out with somebody on a first day and you go, hey, are you the one or should I go look for another? 
You know, that's, that's direct. That's to the point. Why in the world would you ask such a question on a first date? Well, John the Baptist didn't feel like there was any time to waste. He wanted to know if he was the one because if he wasn't the one, he was going to keep looking for the one. He wanted to make sure that he was the one because he didn't want to misdirect anybody to him if he wasn't the one. And so he just asked it directly, are you the one or should we wait for another? But John didn't want to just rely on hearsay or gossip. He wanted to hear it directly from Jesus. Folks, we need to learn to go directly to Jesus. We need to learn that if you need an answer in your life to a situation or a problem, you need to learn to pray directly to Jesus who is for you before God and is God so that he will give you the answer. John sent his disciples directly to Jesus. I want to hear from you. Are you the one or should we wait for another? Now we have to understand that the expectations of the Messiah were way, way up high. They were really high. People were wanting this Messiah to arrive, but they had an understanding of what that Messiah would be like. I mean, this was the man, according to them, that was going to restore Israel to its former glory. This was the one who was going to bring them back to the times of David and Solomon. This was the one that was going to kick out all the invading forces of Rome. This was the one that was going to make everything right and the temple worship was going to be heightened again. This was the one who was going to just redeem Israel. And the expectations of that were widespread. And John had his own expectations of the Messiah. You remember from last week, John expected him to come in and clean house, separate the wheat from the shaft, pass judgment on these corrupt religious leaders that weren't doing right. He expected the Messiah to come and just rule and storm over the establishment. And he expected him to baptize with Holy Spirit and fire. All indications of judgment in the Old Testament and purification. I mean, John had an understanding of what he expected that Messiah to be. So it is easy to understand why he had questions about Jesus. You see, Jesus' ministry did not sound like the Messiah that John had in his mind. Jesus was healing people. He was doing powerful ministry of word and deed. There was healings. There was all kinds of things going on. But he wasn't condemning. He wasn't judging. He was going to the marginalized. He was going to the lepers. Nobody went to the lepers. Nobody, nobody went to the lepers. Nobody. I don't care how religious you were. You didn't go to the lepers. He was going to the people that nobody else wanted to go to and offering grace and offering a way to the Father. 
He was offering the kingdom of God to people that nobody was offering the kingdom to. And so these reports must have made it really hard for John to wrap his, his mind around the fact that Jesus could be the one. What are our expectations of Jesus? How do we see him? How do we view him? How do we understand him? Because I think a lot of times we see Jesus based on our needs or our, or our own selfish ways. We make Jesus into our image. We make Jesus how I want him to be. For some, Jesus is like Santa Claus. You just ask, 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 ask for stuff. That's all you do. For some, Jesus is just a great healer. When I'm sick, I go to Jesus for healing. For some who are poor, they like the Jesus that fed the 5,000 because he gave away free food. For some, the Jesus that they like is the one that is with the marginalized because they feel marginalized in their own lives. And we try to see Jesus from our own perspective, and the reality is that we expect certain things from Jesus based on how we see and understand him. Who is Jesus to you, and what do you expect from Jesus? Because when we define Jesus only based on our selfish ways, I think we miss the totality of who Jesus is because Jesus is all of these things and more. Jesus is this and greater. Jesus is this and then some because he is the one. Who is Jesus to you? When the disciples of John asked the question of Jesus, it would have been easy for him to just say, yep, I'm the one. That would have been it. He would have gone back, told John, it would have been case done. But if you know anything about Jesus, Jesus was not one to point to himself. He always pointed to God the Father and to the kingdom of God. He always gave God the glory. He never sought it for himself. And so instead of saying, yep, I'm the one, he simply said to the disciples of John, well, do this. Go back to John and tell him what you hear and what you see. The blind receive their sight. The lame walk. The lepers are cleansed. The deaf hear. The dead are raised. The poor have good news brought to them. And blessed is anyone who takes no offense at me. These are the things that are hallmarks of Jesus' ministry. These are signs of who he is. What are all these things besides miracles and great deeds of power? They are signs that tell us that Jesus came to redeem, to heal, and to save. That he came to bring life. Because some people, like these lepers, physically were destined to death pretty soon. And the rest of them, like us, through their sin, were destined for eternal death. Jesus came to do these signs so that people would know that he was the one, not one of many, the one through which they could come to the Father. 
Each one of these healing miracles and these things attested to God's power and presence with Jesus that he truly was the one that they were waiting for. And Jesus just told John's disciple, just go tell him what you see and what you hear. And in doing so, Jesus turned the disciples of John into witnesses of Jesus' ministry. Isn't that interesting how we come with questions? And Jesus turns us into witnesses for his glory. When we see and we hear what he is doing, we have stuff to tell and to share with others. Well, John's disciples heard it and went back to tell him. And as soon as they left, Jesus began to talk to the crowd about John. He basically confirmed what they knew, that John had gone into the wilderness to prepare the way, that he was truly a prophet in every sense of the word. He looked like a prophet, he talked like a prophet, he lived like a prophet, and he even said there is no greater man than John the Baptist, born of woman. But then he added a phrase at the end that must have baffled everybody that was there. And yet, even the least in the kingdom of God is as great as John the Baptist. Think about that. Jesus was making them know, letting them know, putting them on notice that he had not come to establish a kingdom in the way that they were used to, with people in ranks and categories, with people higher up than others, but that in the kingdom of God, we were going to be radically equal before God, that we were all going to be equally children of God, equally responsible before God. Jesus had not come for the elite or the religious. He had come for everyone. And that was radical because there were people that weren't being offered a way to God. They were left in the margins with no way in. Jesus would not follow the conventional ways of doing things. He would shake the system. He would rattle their thinking. He would tell them to love their enemies and pray for them. He would make them think of themselves less and more of God. Jesus would lead them in not just in word, but in deed, by being the ultimate example of sacrifice and love on the cross. You know, it's one thing to tell somebody to be loving. It's another thing to show them by being loving yourself. That is what Jesus did. Jesus would not just point us to repentance. He would show us to grace. And he would restore us from our sin. He was not just the sign. He was the meaning behind the sign. Because he was the son of God. What do you expect from Jesus? Is he the one and only one for you? Can you see him for who he is this Christmas? Jesus' last comments to John's disciples were, Blessed is anyone who takes no offense at me. What he was saying is, in my opinion, that blessed is anyone who accepts me for who I am 
and not for who they want me to be or who they want to make me to be. Blessed is he who sees me for who I am, the Son of God, come to the world to lead you to salvation. All signs point to Jesus being the one, but not just one of many, but the only one. You know, if you were engaged to somebody and you came up to them and said, you know, you're the one, but I'm going to have some other ones too. That wouldn't go over very well, would it? Jesus says, I'm not just going to be one of many in your life. I want to be the only one. I want to be the only Savior. I want to be the only Redeemer. I want to be the only way to the Father in your life. Because the reality is that all other signs that try to point to other ones are false. They're false advertising. And we all know how much we love false advertising, right? Don't you just love it when it says something and you go to the store and you're ready to get it and then you read the little fine print and you got to buy 20 of them to get the one free. Jesus was saying, don't fall for the false advertising of other ways to the Father. I am the only one. This is the only way. And all signs point to Jesus. If you look at the scripture, if you look at everything that Jesus did, if you look at the way he lived his life, conducted his ministry, died and was raised, there is no doubt that he is the Messiah, the Son of God the Savior of the world. Boy, but can we be blind to the signs sometimes. Have you ever pointed out a sign to somebody and they go, I've never seen that before and it's been right there all their lives and they've driven by it a hundred times. Jesus was saying, don't miss the signs. He was the only one. He was so much the only one that in our scripture, when the story is being told by Matthew, he doesn't say that John was hearing stories about Jesus. He says he was hearing stories about the Messiah. He just says it was a done deal. He was the Messiah. John just didn't know it yet. The signs were there. There can be only one. And that one is Jesus. I pray that we learn to point people to Jesus this Christmas. That we let them know that, like the children have learned, he is always the answer. He is always the answer. And you can turn to him in every situation because he is the one that is for you. Today we're going to open the altar for prayer if you need help leading somebody to Jesus, if you're one of those people that have found yourself out there and felt like you were supposed to be pointing somebody to Jesus, but you just didn't know how, didn't find the right words, couldn't get the courage, I want you to come up. I want us to pray for you. I want us to pray that you have the courage, the words, and the direction from the Holy Spirit to point people to Jesus this Christmas. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you. I thank you for John's willingness to 
Prepare the way for Jesus. Lord, you are calling us to help others by preparing the way for you. To help them to know that you are real, that you are the one, that they can turn to you in every single situation in their lives. Help us to be signs that point everyone to you. Signs that are visible at every time and in every moment of the day. Signs that never waver, but that are always faithful. Signs of your great love. Help us, Lord. Help us to reach someone and point them to Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen.